to Nearly Numinous, a podcast all about the religious side of life. Every week we chat about different religions, spiritualities, and other beliefs. We do roundtable discussions, deep dives into histories and religious studies theories, and interview different religious leaders or practitioners. For full transcripts and more information on each episode, you can find us at nearlynuminous.ca. Jacqueline's finishing up her first year as a PhD student, so congrats, Jacqueline. Uh, She's kind of wrapping up the semester and taking a little break before we force her back into researching and writing even more for us. And today (laughs) we're trying out a new segment called In the News, where we kind of have a casual chat about ourselves and what's going on in the world, and we're thinking about putting it out monthly. Yeah, so feel free to give us feedback on this episode um because we think i don't know just keeping a casual catch-up and talking about just what's going on in the world in general might be a fun way to just uh check in on a monthly basis without doing like 30 hours of research which is what we normally put into an episode exactly (laughs) and if you want to do the research for us and send us news articles that's even better that'd be great yeah please do please send us news So for part of our monthly catch-up episode, we want to talk about what's going on in the world um, and maybe if we can shed some educated insights or at the very least, maybe some interesting opinions on things that we've been reading about. Um, But first we figured maybe we just catch up on what's going on in our lives because I think I've I've gone through a big change since you last heard my voice. (laughs) Yes, Kate, you go first. I want to hear about you. Yeah, uh, so I live on the other side of the country now. Ooh. Yep. No more recording in person. Not that we were really doing that anyway. No. But yeah, hopefully the audio quality is up to par for the next little bit. Uh, I'm in a very high ceiling room right now, so it's super echoey. Um, what are you going to do? But I have a view- beautiful view of the mountains because I'm in oh, Canmore, really? Alberta right now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And you were snowboarding earlier, so you've got the life going on. (laughs) Snowboarding in the morning, recording in the afternoon. I could be down with this. Let's not talk about, like, the Monday to Friday work week I have to deal with. Okay, well, no, we won't talk about that. (laughs) Also, it seems like your internet is a little better, so that's good. Yeah, I don't have um, rural internet. Although I'm in a hotel internet right now, which isn't much better. So, Hotel internet? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, um, my partner, he's in med school, and he's doing, like, rotations um, all over the place right now, so he's actually in the Canmore ER last week and this week, so we're, we're just staying in Canmore for two weeks, and then we'll, he's actually heading down to this, like, tiny little rural town south of Calgary for, like, eight months, so I'm actually, I'll probably head down there with him for a little bit because um, I'm working remotely anyway. But otherwise, we normally have a place in Calgary. <laughs> That'd be cool, though, to live in the mountains. Kind of not oh close gosh, to anywhere, it's so but nice. it's that great. sounds super nice. <laughs> so what have you been up to? Ontario's not super great yeah. right now. 
yeah, I'm still in Ontario. Um, I'm staying with family because living in my little shoebox where I wasn't allowed to, you know, kind of leave or see anybody was not, you know, or was not feeling so great. So I'm staying with family for a bit. Got to see my dog. Um, I got to see my parents and my brother. So that's really good. And um, But most importantly, the dog. Yeah, that's why I mentioned him first. Um, yeah. And it's it's my birthday in a couple weeks, so second COVID birthday coming up. That's exciting. That's awesome. Well, happy early um, birthday. I'm sure we'll chat before you. then, but... <laughs> yeah, we will. Yeah, but I just yeah. went through my second COVID birthday a couple weeks ago. Which, They're great, yeah. aren't they? This year was a little bit better. Last year, I think, because we were in so much like uncertainty and it was like you didn't even want to like leave your house to go for a walk you know um it was a little iffy but this year um I actually got to go out we went out snowboarding on my birthday so it's really not so nice (laughs) so hopefully yours is is gonna be good we'll see I'll probably you know watch a movie at home and maybe order food but honestly I wouldn't really want to do much more anyway yeah that sounds pretty good to me (laughs) I'd kind of like a haircut. I don't know if you noticed, but this a few months ago was completely shaved and now it's super long and I'd really just like to not have this weird Justin Bieber swoopy haircut anymore. (laughs) Oh, jeez. If we end up actually posting the video uh, this week, then all of our fans can see your hair. Can see my beautiful, strange hair. Yeah, I haven't had a haircut in three years. Oh, wow. I intentionally leave my hair in a way that it doesn't matter. <laughs> Honestly, day. go for it. If it's shorter, it's so much harder to, you know, maintain. So just let it grow out. Might as well. Yeah. It also, it just looks better. I've tried my hair short and it's meh, not, not great on my, like, face, you know? No. I can see you with short hair. I think that would look really good. Yeah. But, you know, it's all personal preference. Well, so other than uh, wanting a haircut, what else are you hoping for for your birthday? I am hoping to hear back about my scholarships, which I think I mentioned this before, um, but I've been accepted into a PhD program for September, but I've been waiting since like January, February to hear back if I've got scholarships to be able to go to that university because it's international and do that PhD program. So I am supposed to be hearing back by the end of April. Hopefully by the time this episode is out, I'll have heard back, but I don't know. It's very frustrating. I know a lot of other people are still waiting to hear back from things and everything's delayed because of COVID, but sucks, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's a little bit of an excuse when it comes to scholarships. I can't imagine, like, why a scholarship decision would be delayed because of a pandemic. But maybe, maybe I'm being naive. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I did a... I was on the graduate admissions committee for the School of Religion at Queen's last year. I wasn't in charge of scholarships or anything, but, like, at least from my point of view it kind of seemed pretty simple to go through each application and be like yes no yes no I don't know why it would take months and months and months maybe I don't know bureaucracy or everybody's busy or something 
Yeah, I'm sure the latter, knowing academia. Nobody gets paid to do anything, so they take their sweet time with everything, which justifiably so. If I wasn't getting paid to do it, I'd be like, I'll get to that later. (laughs) It's a wonder we get this podcast done when we're not getting paid for it. It's true. Well, I mean, we did just take a month off, so. Yeah, we did. (laughs) If we were getting paid, maybe we wouldn't be taking as much time off. Yeah. Should we? We we need to get more fans uh, so that we can maybe start a Patreon or get ads or something. Mm -hmm. So, folks, if you're listening to this, if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, please do um, so that we can get more street cred so that we can stop putting like a full week's worth of work into a single episode for free yeah we still love to do it though (laughs) we still we love to do it that's why we're doing it it's still super difficult though leave us a review on itunes i think that boosts us a bit um definitely we also have youtube so subscribe to us there um and also we have affiliate links scattered throughout our website which speaking of as well uh if you do want to give us any feedback our website's a good place to do it because you can actually submit a form like social media is great and all um but if you want something more formal or if you want to request to be on our show at all as an interview guest you know you can go on our website there's a contact us page there you can also comment on posts um Mm. so like we post every single episode as like a blog post and you can go down to the bottom and write a little comment and tell us if you liked it or have a discussion like if you're like hey what you said is completely wrong um i mean it'll hurt my ego a little bit but that's probably necessary sometimes so we'll cry a little bit but we still want to hear what you think yeah it's true the crying part uh we want to hear what you think is mostly true so i mean try to say something nice too even if it's just like hey steph you didn't crap on capitalism in that episode i'm really proud of you (laughs) (laughs) it's an accomplishment ruined it already yeah already done (laughs) All right. Um, Shall we move on to chatting? I think a lot has been happening in the world lately. Some of it relevant to religion. Almost all of it is always relevant to religion. Isn't that the joke? Like every single war and like political turmoil can like come down to something to do with religion. Yeah. Also one of those things you don't bring up at family dinners or on first dates. Just never mention religion, which (laughs) is always what we're doing here. Yeah, I, I just do it in my personal life, too. I like to yeah, cause some, same. some turmoil. But then, how does that how does that work with you, you know, either not wanting to hear what people think, or, you know, like, feeling sensitive about bad feedback? Why are you causing shit and then not wanting to stick around for the shit? Well, here's the thing is that um when i am confident i know more on a subject than somebody else i'm fine causing issues (laughs) uh because i know i can hold my own so you know like when your racist family member starts talking about some like person is corrupt because of their religious beliefs and i can be like well actually let me tell you about the complexity of this religious belief (laughs) okay and they're like i get it (laughs) because <laughs> they can't argue because the only thing they have a basis of is like fox news and that's not a good basis to have no <laughs> all right shall we shall we talk about what we've been hearing about in the news lately i feel like Michelle. you and i have each kind of like shared 
one article like we have two articles that we thought would be interesting to share with the world and talk about mm-hmm. so we're canadian and if you don't know about bill 21 that's first what i want to talk about this is an article that i saw the other day about updates on bill 21 so if you don't know should we give some background yeah yeah give give the listeners a bit of background on bill 21 so this article that i found the other day is um a news story about the quebec superior court ruling that upholds this religious symbols ban also known as bill 21 that was first tabled in march of 2019 So, for some background, Bill 21 was originally tabled by the Coalition Avenir Quebec, also known as the CAQ, which is typically described as conservative, but they claim to be neither right-wing nor left-wing. But they are pro-nationalist and autonomous. So, in other terms, they believe Quebec should be its own entity separate from Canada. And the CAQ currently holds the majority seats in the Quebec provincial government. So, Bill 21 proposed a ban on all religious symbols in the public sphere. So, like, um, teachers, police officers, uh, government workers, I think, too, aren't allowed to wear religious symbols. And Yeah, and I think it also transitions into, as well, like, if you're seeking public service, you can be denied mm-hmm. for wearing a religious symbol so like if you wanted to go on a bus and you were wearing like a head covering of some sort they could ask you to remove it not everyone is um but i think they legally could yeah so it's based on this idea of how do you say this in english laicity 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 i think Yeah, I only know how to say the French way, but it's basically based on four (laughs) principles, which is um, the equality of all citizens, the separation of religion and state, uh, the religious neutrality of the state, and freedom of conscience and freedom of religion. So what the CAQ has kind of come up with to uphold these four principles is Bill 21, which bans all religious symbols. So, you know, you're not allowed to wear crosses or, you know, wear hijab. Um, At least, you know, theoretically, it's supposed to be uh, equal across the board like that. And Mm -hmm. it's funny what people define as equality. But anyway... Yeah, so the purpose is basically (laughs) to create, like, a more neutral and equal Quebec, but a lot of critics have been saying, like, rather than promoting equality and neutrality, it's specifically targeting religious minorities, particularly Muslim women. So, I Mm -hmm. think that would probably be the most important thing, at least in my opinion, that's the most important part of the bill that we should probably talk about, and then we can get into the article that I actually Mm -hmm. found the other day on the update so yeah I think um it it's interesting to note that Quebec is not the first place in the world to do this at all um I think it was we read a lot about Turkey last year 
um, because they have a similar like quote unquote secularity principle um, where at least they did. I think things are changing there now. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not an expert on Turkey. I'm so sorry. Uh, (laughs) But France too has this. Yeah. So anybody who worked in a public office couldn't wear anything, um, which like where they couldn't wear anything. What I meant to say is that they couldn't wear religious symbols. <laughs> they can wear other clothing, just not religious clothing. By um, law, you are allowed to wear clothing. You are allowed just to not wear some clothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. But yeah, so uh, it's interesting too to kind of juxtapose it to a place like Turkey, where I do believe the majority religion is still Islam in Turkey um and so or different sects of islam and so there it's it's a bit different than here so like here it's an interesting approach because i feel like in turkey their whole secularism bid they went the full way secular everywhere in Mm -hmm. every aspect etc um and you know to avoid getting into the like is that good or bad i'm just gonna leave it there Whereas Quebec, it seems like there's a disconnection between true secularism. Um, instead, so I, I only found out today that they removed the crucifix from the House of Commons, but up until 2019, um, bef- like after this bill was already tabled, they actually still had a crucifix in the House of Commons, like right at center front. Um, but it's not in the like actual house of commons now it's like in another part of the building but it's still in the building which is still a public space so it seems like it's this drive for secularity but you can't really say that like oh there's no malicious intent against minority religions when you still have things like a crucifix um there's other court cases as well i think i remember reading one about a hospital had like a similar kind of crucifix Uh, And I think I'm pretty sure they ended up winning because it's seen as like a symbol of culture rather than a symbol of religion and history and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I find very interesting because um, and maybe this is jumping ahead a little bit because in the article that you sent and like what actually happened a few weeks ago is that the um, Supreme Court in Quebec ended up ruling that the ban on religious symbols could be upheld except for in English schools. So if you go to an English school, you can wear whatever religious symbols you want, whereas at the French schools, you can't. So I think it's really interesting that it just keeps kind of coming up that it seems less about maintaining secularism rather than instead it's maintaining the Quebec identity. Yeah, which exactly. is directly tied to mostly Catholicism, but also other forms of Christianity as well. Yeah, it's just about like picking and choosing what is the ideal Quebec identity. And like, so if you didn't know, historically, Quebec has been pretty Catholic. Um, and for Catholics, it's a lot easier for how do I say this 
it's more of like a private religion like you can go to it's it doesn't have any super outward signs of religiosity if you're catholic like maybe you want to wear a cross which is um technically banned now but you could wear under your clothes maybe as long as it's not seen but yeah so if for example you are a muslim woman and you choose to cover your head then this is a more obvious outward sign of religion but it's also very intrinsic to you and your sense of religiosity and now as a result of bill 21 you are you know prevented from working in schools working as a police officer um probably working in the government i think and uh like steph said earlier possibly even prevented from accessing some services just because of the way you express your religion which is less private than it would be if you were a more um, majority religion like christian i think it's also the fact that in christianity mo the in like mainstream christianity there's not really any direct um there's there's not really any direction on you must wear these items to express your religiousness right um i think even in the bible you know it's like oh you you show by your actions and uh, i mean actions aren't forbidden i mean there's illegal actions i'm talking about like general actions <laughs> aren't forbidden right um like i i don't think there's anything wrong if i walked into a public space and said oh would you like me to pray for you they'd probably just be like no be like okay um mm-hmm. whereas you know when it comes to like islam um and i know this isn't like a widespread statement i know there's plenty of uh female practitioners that do not wear headdresses and they're fine with that but it is part of the kind of um there's a word i'm the missing a word culture of islam yeah um anyway it's like it's part of your religious faith right it's it's intrinsic to your belief system you need to do it because it's asked of you to do it right so i think there's that difference there uh, same thing with the sikh turban um you, you know that's part of the religious guidelines right it's not just well if you want to you can wear it so I think that's where it kind of is a bit challenging. I think in this day and age, more and more people are saying, like, it doesn't have to be so black and white, the rules. Like, you can or cannot wear um, a, a turban or a hijab based on whether you choose to, even if, for example, your family wants you to or, you know... The book you ascribe to wants you to like it is a choice but it also is a very important part of some people's religious faith so it can go back and forth yeah well and i think it is it is important to kind of say though that i think there are a lot of people who don't feel like it is a choice and i think that's when it mm-hmm. becomes a bigger challenge um because obviously everything is a choice like we have free will um <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get into that debate never mind I take it back um <laughs> another day for the most part we you use know, in the in the everyday it, it seems like we have free will uh so of course like you do get to make that choice on like if you want to don a specific religious symbol uh but I think there are a lot of people who really feel like 
if I don't do this, I'm going to hell or not going to a proper afterlife or whatever the, you know, result might be. And I think it's, and that's, I think, where it gets really challenging for especially people who are not religious to then understand these expressions because if you're not religious if you don't think that that's a you know issue that you're gonna ever have to face or if you just believe in a different form of afterlife it's sometimes hard to really understand the weight of what that can do to a person if you think that your actions will affect your ability for eternal life right and so I think Mm -hmm. that's that's something that I don't know. You'd think, though, that um, the Christians of Quebec would kind of get that because Christianity also has that. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I think that's why the bill was um, introduced, like, to make sure that, you know, people, I mean, I may be just guessing here, but I think that might be one of the reasons the bill was introduced, because it's to create more equality they don't want people who feel like they have to be forced to you know wear religious garb to like you know present super religiously as if it's you know uh as if they're being oppressed by a religion they want to give them the opportunity to you know be free from that which i think like you said some people are could benefit from the bill but i think in practice what's going on is um it's really taking away that freedom of choice in the first place for a lot of other people like instead of being able to choose to wear religious garb now they are being forced to um you know downplay religiosity or um sort of not remain true to their faith in order to access public services and you know be a true Quebecer and true Canadian yeah I think um you are right like that I think is one of the biggest arguments that gets put forward especially we saw it a lot back um was it the 2014 2014 election um because part of Stephen Harper's platform was running on a ban on basically like head coverings um like hijabs and burqas and any other form of that and what a lot of people were arguing is like oh well we have to because these women come from oppressed countries and they don't get to express their femininity Mm -hmm. and womanhood because they're being forced to do this um and I think we we saw quite a few people kind of come out of that and be like, uh, actually, I, I wear this by choice. I want to. Um, I'm the boss in my household. My husband does everything I want him to do. So that's not really an issue. <laughs> and so, yeah. but I mean, on the other hand of that, like you are right in the fact that there still are, you definitely hear stories. Um, I've read a few articles from Muslim women who have said like, hey, this is actually great uh, because I was oppressed and I did have to wear this when I didn't want to. So Again, I think it's, you can never put, like, a blanket over anything, right? Like, you can't yeah. ever just be like, this is the answer, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, it's challenging, though, because I think that, I personally, this is an entirely personal opinion, um, that if you're looking to try to liberate people who you believe are oppressed, then oppressing them in other ways isn't the answer. Mm-hmm. I think that 
if you legitimately see women that you feel are being oppressed providing them with more choice is probably the better option rather than less but yeah again that's that's my opinion i'm not an expert at all in that yeah we're also not here in our in the news segment to like solve everything uh this is kind of just we're here to talk about what's going on in the world and this update on the bill that you know um English schools aren't, they don't have to, you know, abide by it. They don't have to abide by the ban. Um, this is an update on the bill and, you know, kind of just shows that the purpose of it is to reinforce this idea of, you know, Quebec identity and the fact is it might be unfairly targeting different religious minorities yeah do you have anything more you want to talk about on this subject or shall we move on to our slightly lighter news article um i think we should move on cool all right so the second one i brought this up months ago this article came out months ago uh and i brought it up a little bit in our cult of wellness or what did we ended up calling that episode oh religion and diet culture that's what it was called yes um yeah I brought it up in our religion and diet culture episode, and I wanted to talk about it a little bit more specifically to this article. So basically, uh, we all know what Peloton is. If you don't, it's a spin cycle bike, whatever you want to call it, uh, that you can actually buy and have in your home. And it has like a TV screen and you can get a subscription to do like live workout classes i think they also have like treadmill and like other kind of things but the big one is the the bikes that's kind of how they got their start and that's like what everybody has so peloton has shot through the roof um since the pandemic hit because first off most workout equipment is still sold out i am a strength athlete and i cannot find like equipment for my own home gym still without paying like thousands and thousands of dollars um so I'm just not working out it's fine I'm not mad about it um (laughs) but (laughs) spin bikes seem to be something that like are still being manufactured like crazy so I think a lot of people have really jumped into this like peloton craze because it's what they can buy um it still costs a fortune by the way the bike itself is I think like uh, in Canada anyway it's I think like twelve or thirteen hundred dollars and then you have to pay something like fifty plus dollars a month for like your subscription to even have like access to the workout classes so it's not cheap wow yeah is that um, how expensive most spin bikes are or like is that super expensive I think it's a bit more than normal. Um, you can get, like, I, I got just, like, a small exercise bike for, like, two or three hundred dollars that it's kind of bad, but it works. Um, you know, you get what you pay for. So I think, yeah. like, if you're looking to get, like, a really nice high quality spin bike, you're probably looking at over eight or nine hundred dollars. Mm. So... Anyway, Peloton has been in the news. Um, I've also seen it kind of like all across like different Reddit threads and things like that talking about this new Sunday class. So 
the article in question and we'll we'll post these articles in the show notes so you can actually read them later if you're interested uh, or pause the episode give it a quick skim over and then start it up again but this the, this article is called peloton makes toning your glutes feel spiritual but should jesus be a part of the experience um so to give you some background there's <laughs> there's a specific class on sundays that i guess is supposed to be quite religiously infused um again i'm poor and do not have a peloton uh <laughs> so i i can't speak to like what this class is actually like but from reading secondhand accounts on it, it's um, it's hosted by somebody who actually has their master in divinity, I do believe. So like they could be a pastor. I don't think they have any pastoral experience. Um, and what's basically happened is a lot of women who are Christian who or maybe like Christian adjacent. That's a thing. I'm mm-hmm. making that a thing now. Uh, Christian adjacent women. <laughs> they have kind of started turning to this peloton class because during like lockdowns they aren't able to get to their church so they like a lot of people do church online and this is just kind of like a different version of it where you're also exercising um side note have you seen schitt's creek yes i love schitt's creek do you know the episode where they go to that step class and it turns out to be a cult I love that episode. That's so funny. I feel like this is maybe like kind of trying to be like that's that. kind of the vibes I'm getting from it. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but I think that is kind of the vibes that they give off. And so again, this isn't to like I don't want to crap on people's experience with this because I'm sure it can be super valuable. I think there's a lot of value in performing an activity together, no matter what it is is very real ritualistic um especially when you have a a leader at the front kind of like trying to get you to like push further and push beyond your limits both physically and spiritually right and i don't think there's anything wrong with that let me just clarify before we get into this (laughs) but there are some critiques of this because one of the things i've seen a lot of is the fact that there is only a christian one um that being said, I think that all things like this are like inherently a little bit spiritual because they present themselves as such. Um, it's all like girls who love yoga doing this and, you know, having some emotional experience from riding a bike. Um, and I think that a lot of mm-hmm. the teachers infuse kind of like a little bit of spiritual messaging, even if it's simple as like manifest winning the race. I don't know. I don't know what happens in these classes. <laughs> yeah. It's very spiritual self-help sort of thing going on, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, but I think beyond, like, you know, Christian and super, like, I don't want to say white woman spirituality, but that's the best word to describe it. Um, I don't One think day you we're really... going to find a good word for that. I still like uh, white girls who love yoga. Yeah. I think it... <laughs> It covers it pretty well. It kind of covers it. I mean, I feel bad because I know plenty of white women who love yoga that aren't, um, that don't fit into that descriptor. White women who Uh, love yoga, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, you know, you get the gist. Um, But there are no other religious traditions, like, represented. So there's not, you know, there's not, like, a Buddhist or Hindu meditation style class there isn't a I'm sure they try to pretend there is one um because that's what 
people do these days. Uh, but then there's also like no Muslim classes or other forms of like smaller religions or even like non-mainstream Christian classes, you know, like there's nothing for Mormons, you know, like you get what I'm saying is like the yeah. point is, is just like it's very isolated to Christianity. Um, and so I can see why a lot of people are upset about this and they think that like maybe, hey, like this is a fitness class, keep it separate from religion. But I don't know. I thought we could just talk about this. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the article right now and this so I really don't know much about Peloton but from what I'm getting from this article that you mentioned there's a lot of like a like like I said before spiritual self-help stuff um I'm trying to find a good So they're saying similar to something like soul cycle and things like that. Yeah, they mentioned that too. It says the core motto of Peloton's teachers can be boiled down to enhancing your life to enhance others, um, which, uh, you know, could be kind of secular. But then there's also like um, this Sundays with love thing with Peloton um, each week it centers on a different value like accountability or selflessness um you mentioned this before the host so she's um i don't know if those are her pronouns uh the host ali love was a former theology student um and there's lots of discussion about whether it's like kind of religious propaganda mixed in with these cycle these rides so um someone saying there was people were listening to like um a pastor's sermon during one of the the sessions uh or it's just like some people are like just listening to music or there's like very preachery type self-help talks going on. It's very interesting. I kind of want to look into it more and possibly get myself a bike. <laughs> I know I want one. Get so myself badly. into Peloton. <laughs> it looks like it, you know, is I mean, from what I've seen, the main essence of it is, you know, positivity, um, self-help and you know, helping others as well, but it kind of just seems like there's this undercurrent of weird kind of, I guess, can I use the word cult? Yeah, I think so. Like, the, like, wellness cult kind of trope. Yeah. We, we've mentioned a bit about, a bit about the wellness, the cult of wellness before, how, like, Mm -hmm being well, being a better person, um, improving yourself physically, mentally, spiritually is sort of, has sort of become like a cult, especially online. This is definitely giving me those vibes. Definitely. Well, and I think that's how these exercise businesses, I guess, thrive, right? is that they work to create almost this like 
cult-like environment, not necessarily in a bad way, um, but it's very, you know, you, first, bad for, for the bad parts, you invest a lot of money into it. <laughs> but like beyond yeah. that, you ha- there's always a charismatic leader. There's always somebody at the front that you want, like you come back for, right? Like people have their favorite hosts and instructors and things like that. Um, and you see it across the board with anything similar, right? So like Soul Cycle was like that, um, but it was more in person. So it didn't have much as wide of a reach and as centralized. Um, but you look at other things like the tone it up thing is like the exact same way. Um, and all of this is about they create like a social element as well. So like not only are you coming for exercise, but you're coming to be inspired by this leader. You're coming to have some sort of social interaction, but you're also coming to feel this like joint ritual experience um, because it is by definition, you could argue that like going to a spin cycle class is a form of ritual um so I really think that like that's that's how these businesses succeed though because if you didn't have those characteristics that are frankly a little culty (laughs) they wouldn't have um as many people buying into it and as many people following it so (laughs) religiously I didn't mean to use that pun but I caught myself (laughs) right before I started saying it (laughs) anyway oh it works though perfectly yeah this this idea, I guess, like, Peloton seems to really be capitalizing on this idea of community during the pandemic and, you know, coming together while being apart to have transcendent personal experiences, which I can see is why it's, you know, so people are so drawn to it during this mm-hmm. time. Definitely. I get it. I want one. Mm-hmm. It works. I'm not immune to the cult of wellness. <laughs> what did you say in our very first episode? Something like, I am not immune to marketing or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. It's probably yeah, something it like that. Still holds. Marketing, influencers. Yeah. I'm a sucker for influencers. Well, it works. They, they know what people want. They want connection. They want, um, they want to make, they want self-help. They want, you know, a connection to something bigger than them. And, you know, they want inspiration and motivation, inspiration, and maybe cycling is the way to get there through Peloton. Cycle your way through the pearly gates. Exactly. What, what is the, what did they say on Schitt's Creek with the step thing? Yeah, it's so similar. So, in Schitt's Creek, there is this sort of cult where it's like a step class that the main characters go to. Looks very like uh, Peloton. It's kind of like a soul cycle vibe. Um, It's all about, like, affirmations, um, pushing past their, like, personal demons, which, you know we find out later he means like actual demons and ascending to like a gateway what he calls the literal gates yeah the literal gateway into the sky but no he calls it a literal gateway into the sky (laughs) yeah exactly 
yeah but like a literal gateway like totally similar to peloton but also um very much like a mlm kind of scheme because they get um alexis to like get everyone in oh so funny anyway we if we started talking about mlms we'd be here all day does peloton have that element of mlms in it I mean, obviously, you put a lot of money into it, but... Yeah, it's not, like, MLM style, um, but I mean, like, aside from that, though, uh, you can have public profiles on there, so what happens is a lot of, like, prominent influencers, especially, like, health and fitness ones, they get on Peloton, and then, like, you can ride with them. So, like, somebody that has, like, millions of followers on Instagram, all of a sudden now, like, you can be one of 20 people in, like, a class with them, and you can feel like you're connected to them. So I think that's also helping like sell. Yeah. It's definitely helping sell the products. Yeah. But I don't think those influencers get any money from it. Um, There might be an affiliate program, but I'm not positive. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you found something you'd like us to cover in the news, you can email us at nearlynuminous at gmail.com or you can message us on one of our social media pages at nearlynuminous on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or now on YouTube as well. Yes. Also, don't forget to make sure you're subscribed or following us, depending on what platform you're on. It's called a different thing. Um, It just really helps us because the more people we have following us and downloading our episodes, the closer we get to maybe getting some ads and actually getting some funding for the work that we're doing for this. Um, So we would really appreciate it. Also, if you can leave a review on Apple, that'd be sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Nearly Numinous. For full transcripts of every episode, check out nearlynuminous.ca. There, you can also find links to subscribe to us on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Have a topic you'd like us to talk about, or would you like to be a guest on a future episode? Reach out to us at nearlynuminous at gmail.com. That's spelled N-E-A-R-L-Y-N-U-M-I-N-O-U-S at gmail.com.